It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Storylines, burning questions, and rankings for the Washington Commanders linebacker group on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome into your Monday episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I hope, I hope you've had a happy and healthy weekend. And thank you for getting the uh, week started here with me. Thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. If you're on YouTube, please hit a like on this video so that other Commanders fans can find it just like you did. And if you want to continue this conversation after the episode today, just head over to joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders. And you can text directly with me, your host, David Harrison on Twitter at D Harrison, 82 credential member of the media and Washington commanders beat reporter for commander country, a part of sports Illustrated's fan nation here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate your continued support for the program. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to discuss Jamin Davis and the Washington linebacker group. But before we get there, I have to tell you that this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. ESPN linebacker rankings leads to an interesting trade idea that we're going to discuss. We discuss what Jamin Davis has to do to convince Washington to pick up his fifth-year option at the end of the season. But we're going to start our linebacker training camp preview with a look at the starters and the immediate backups entering late July. And our pre-training camp depth chart is going to look like Mike or Cody Barton as the starting Mike linebacker, David Mayo as the second Mike linebacker behind him, and then at will, Jamin Davis and Kalik Hudson being the backup. And, of course, Will, typically talking weak side, but I've seen Jamin Davis line up strong side, weak side, basically your other linebacker. And really, that's the only two linebacker positions. I know we consider the Washington Commanders to be a base 4-3 type of defense, but really in today's NFL, the base 4-3, base 3-4s have almost all but disappeared, and really every defense is multiple, just depending on what personnel uh, packages they have. But we've seen the Washington Commanders over the last year really reduce from using three linebackers to really using two linebackers to really, at times, uh, especially for stretches, only using one linebacker. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see whether that one linebacker, when they do go to that look, is Cody Barton, Jamin Davis, or who knows, you know, maybe it's it's somebody else. And that's going to be something that we're watching during training camp. And that kicks off our battles and storylines part of today's episode. The first storyline that I'm going to be watching, and I think that we're all really going to be watching, first of all, Jamin Davis's health. Is he even able to participate in training camp right off the bat? If you remember, he had to skip OTAs, skip the mini camp. And was, I don't want to say skip. He was there, just couldn't participate. Uh, fully because of the minor, quote-unquote, from what we're being told from the team, knee procedure that he had. It does sound like the knee procedure was shortly before uh, the team had to report. Maybe it was a newly found issue uh, that he decided to go ahead go ahead and get cleaned up. But if it wasn't, it, it almost kind of reminds me like the Scottie Pippen situation or the Michael Thomas situation. You know, take your offseason, uh, go on your vacation, and then when you're about to get on the clock, that's when you take care of your surgeries and all that stuff. And look, 
if that's the case, that's certainly within Jamin Davis's right as a human being. Um, but obviously, sports teams don't typically like that kind of optic on it. Again, I'm not sure if that's what happened. Maybe it was something that was just discovered right before uh, OTAs and minicamp. So don't take that as me dogging on Jamin Davis. Just interesting timing as to when uh, the stuff happened. As he said, it was kind of shortly before they reported for the OTA period. Um, but his third-year option is coming up, and that's really kind of the biggest part of this whole thing. His third-year option has to be picked up between uh, the end of this season, his third season in the NFL, and the beginning of next season, right around draft time. We just went through this with Chase Young. Jamin Davis is the next first-round pick uh, from the following year up on the block. So the Washington Bears have a decision to make on Jamin Davis and whether or not they're going to secure him for a fifth season and have to pay him that fifth-year option, or if they're not going to secure him and essentially give him the path to becoming an unrestricted free agent in the 2025 offseason. Uh, if they decide not to. So that's something that we're going to talk about a lot more here in the next coming year. And of course, in the early parts of the next off season, but as we're going through training camp, as we're going through preseason, getting into the season, something we need to look for is how healthy does he look? How much, how, how comfortable does he look his third year in Jack Del Rio's defense? Our first battle that we want to talk about is a battle of backups, Kalik Hudson versus Milo Eifler. Now last year, Kalik Hudson had more snaps on defense and he had more snaps on special teams. So I think clearly Kalik Hudson is the guy that comes in as the favorite to kind of win the pecking order battle as far as uh, linebackers are concerned. But Milo Eifler is still a young guy. He's still a guy who's got something to prove. Perhaps he can come in and convince these coaches otherwise. And then the third one is going to be Cody Barton's pass coverage. That's the thing that I'm kind of looking for the most. When we do see that Mike linebacker on the field in a Jack Del Rio uh, scheme, typically they're either in run support because everybody's in run support when the ball is handed off or he's in pass coverage. There's not a lot of blitzing coming from the likes of Cole Holcomb in the past, or even Jamin Davis when he's been lined up uh, in the mic. And in 2022, 81 linebackers had 20 or more pass rushes all season long. Cole Holcomb was one of them, uh, able to get 20 pass rushes before he was lost for the season. And he ranked 51st of the 81 in rush pass pass percentage, uh, had a pass coverage percentage of 89.7. So even though Cole had 20 pass rushes before he got hurt, uh, you know, definitely in the second or the bottom half, of the uh, in of the NFL of linebackers who had at least 20 pass rushes. Barton, meanwhile, had a 94.2% coverage rate, so even more than Cole Holcomb, getting a better pass coverage rating uh, and allowing a smaller percentage of passes completed against. However, Holcomb was credited with allowing three touchdowns in his pass defense, tied for the most in the NFL among linebackers with at least 200 passes uh, or pass coverage snaps. Rather, meanwhile. Barton, you know, doesn't didn't, not in the same group, but he had uh, five touchdown passes allowed, but he also had two interceptions and came away with a better QBR allowed against him, mainly because of those interceptions. Basically, a push. Honestly, when I look at the the the, the two uh, players, because when you look at the stats, Cole Holcomb comes out ahead, right? When you look at the grades, Cole Holcomb comes out ahead. But when you think about Cole Holcomb's health health issue and, and the health problem that he had, and then the fact that Del Rio's scheme is is considered a better fit for Barton than the scheme he was playing in in Seattle, those those different those differences in in the stats and the grades and all this stuff, in theory, because of the scheme uh, and the fit with Cody Barton, will make itself up. Uh, that's at least the theory, right? So those are our three storylines and battles we're watching. Moving on to some 2022 facts and stats. Uh, the Commanders only retained one of three unrestricted free agent off-ball linebackers. David Mayo is the one they retained. They, of course, lost Cole Holcomb to the Pittsburgh Steelers and veteran John Bostic is not resigned, uh, and he's also still a free agent at this time. So despite losing, losing two veteran linebackers or letting them walk, per se, uh, the only changes to this linebacker group from last year. So obviously you have three unrestricted free agents. You only resigned one of them. Clearly signals that you think there needs to be a change 
in the room. But because even with all, all that, the only change is really the addition of Cody Barton and the elevation of Kalik Hudson because they didn't go out and get any additional linebackers either through the draft or through free agency. And Kalik Hudson will theoretically join uh, or jump up into the role that John Bostic had last season. Now, again, partially due or well, in large part due to the injury to Cole Holcomb, John Bostic had the third most linebacker snaps on the defense last year with 263 of them. And he had the fourth most snaps on special teams with 184 for a total of 447 snaps. Now it's, you know, 25 to 35% of the season snaps, but that's a still a, it's a fairly significant part uh, of the year, especially depending on the stretch that it comes in and what the circumstances are. Right. So Jamin Davis's career best season in 2022 uh, in tackles led the commanders if, with 104 tackles. So Jamin Davis's career best in tackles so far came in 2022 and he led the team with 104 tackles. I think that's a better way uh, of saying it. Now that 104 tackles, while it led the team ranks tied for 48th in the national football league in tackles and is the lowest tackle leader for a Washington defense since 2005. That's the fewest amount of tackles to lead the team in tackles since 2005. So while yes, it's a career high while yes, Jamie Davis led the team in tackles, uh, the, the bar that he just hurdled was fairly, fairly low. And speaking of Jamin, what is the minimum that Jamin Davis has to act, has to achieve to get his fifth-year option picked up? That's the first of two burning questions that I'm going to answer coming up next about this linebacker group. That's next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Once you get your job posted, throw the purple hashtag hiring frame onto your LinkedIn profile. To spread the word that you are looking to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and then find out who you want to hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed thanks for making a lot of your first listen or your first view today every day every day we've got a new uh, mailbag episode coming tomorrow with just a couple uh really not even a full couple weeks left before the start of training camp so if you want to throw in questions for that mailbag episode whether it's that one or one in the future do that by dropping them in the youtube comments find me on twitter email me or hit me up via subtext you can simply just text me your question on your phone. Go to joinsubtext.com slash commanders to get in on that. Starting off with our burning questions here about the Washington Commanders linebacker group. Burning question number one, what is the floor stats-wise, production-wise, for Jamin Davis to convince Washington to pick up his fifth-year option? So when I went and dove into this, right, I wanted to look at first, and we've talked about this every day, as we talked about this a couple times, 
but I want to give you a little bit of a different angle on it in this part of the discussion. Now, the fifth-year option value next year, well, for 2025, so if they pick it up next year, then it'll they'll pay it in 2025, will be north of $12 million. I think this year for a linebacker, the base the base value is like $11.7 million. So next year, the base value for uh, for the fifth-year option, again, there are tiers. That's what we've talked about in previous episodes is the tiers of fifth-year options. Um, obviously, they only go higher. So bare minimum. By the time the Washington Commanders come around to picking up the fifth-year option next year, if they do, it's going to be over $12 million that they pay Jamin Davis in 2025, right? Currently, if you compare that to current contracts, that would be seventh in terms of average value among off-ball linebackers. Now, given the rate of new contracts and all this stuff, by the time they actually pay, you're probably looking at 10 to 12, maybe 15th uh, in the league, depending on how linebacker contracts go. Devin White of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to be due for a, a fairly big one, people assume. So that will probably jump up ahead, knocking Jamin and well, knocking this fifth year option value down to at least eighth or ninth. Right. So if you want top seven stats, all right, if you want like production for value for money, if you want top seven stats across the board, then you're looking at something in the ballpark that Jamin Davis needs to produce this year of 144 tackles, which is 40 more than he had last year. 11 tackles for loss, nine sacks and 13 passes defense. And that's important because the Washington Bears don't really blitz Jamin Davis a lot. So if he's short on the sacks, but higher on the PBUs, higher on the tackles for loss and run support, then you live with you know a shortage of the sacks because it's hard to get sacks when you're really not blitzing all that often right now. But does he really need to produce at top seven level, right? Like we would love to live in a world, at least general managers and bookkeepers in the NFL would love to live in a world where you get paid what you earn. You know, it's like type of thing, like, you know, just, just get rid of contracts altogether and just make some sort of a, of a payment chart and say, boom, the number one quarterback gets this much, the number one linebacker gets this much, so on and so forth, where you rank in production is what you get paid. But that's not how this works, right? So when you pay a guy a contract or you agree to terms on a contract, you would like to get that type of production. But at the same time, we have to remember that teams don't always just pay a guy for boom, just black and white. There, there's a gray area here. So does Jamin Davis really need to produce at a top seven level? Well, I don't know that he does because in 2021, Jamin Davis, his rookie season, Jamin Davis tied for 51st in the NFL in tackles. He was tied for 103rd in tackles for loss, tied for 82nd in sacks, tied for 97th in passes defense. Now, in 2022, though, his numbers all rose. He was tied for 37th in tackles, which is nearly a 20-spot climb, tied for 27th in tackles for losses, which is like an 80-spot climb, tied for 48th in sacks, which is about a 40-spot climb, and tied for 94th in passes defense, which is only a three-spot climb, but it's still an improvement, right? So you saw an improvement in year two from year one. So I think what you would like to have if you're looking at this is, is what we would call a breakout season. And to me, that would, for Jamin Davis, would be becoming a top 32 off-ball linebacker. Maybe that's too low, but again, we're talking about the floor. What's the minimum? I think that's the minimum that he would need to do. And you want a minimum of these stats in three of the four stat lines to be the 32nd ranked linebacker over the past three years, on average, 101.5 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, eight sacks, eight passes, defenders. Now, if he got all of those stats, the tackles for losses, uh, the sacks, and the P the passes defense would all be career highs. The tackles obviously would not be as he had 104 uh, just this last season. So I think if Jamie can get 101 or more tackles, 15 or more tackles for losses, and either eight sacks or more or either eight passes defense, again, He's not going to blitz all that often, so at least we don't expect him to. So it's kind of hard to really put a, a, an ex expectation on the sack numbers. But if he can get there or get close to it, uh, then I think certainly you can see an op opportunity for Jamin Davis to get his fifth-year option 
picked up. When you look at the incremental growth that he's had over the first two seasons, if he has that growth in the third season, then that could inspire Washington to say, you know what? Okay, let's pick up his fifth-year option. Let's get this fourth season, get even more growth. And then we've got this fifth season under the uh, the fifth-year option. We get to work on a contract extension uh, after that. So that's our first burning question. Second burning question, did Washington mess up by not drafting an off-ball linebacker, specifically a Mike, but really an off-ball linebacker? Well, I think if you're going to have this conversation, you kind of have to say, well, which pick would you give up to get an off-ball linebacker? Because if you you can't just say, well, let's add a rookie and nothing else, no, no other consequences happen, right? If you take a guy somewhere, you're going to lose a guy somewhere, right? So we start with Emmanuel Forbes, the first-round pick. Uh, the, for the next linebacker drafted after Emmanuel Forbes was drafted was Jack Campbell out of Iowa, who a lot of people had as the number one off-ball linebacker. Certainly a good talent. Do do would I, would I give up Jack Campbell for Emmanuel Forbes? No, I wouldn't. I think that the Washington Bears went, a solid route and and now and again i get the value of having seen him in rookie camp and otas and mini camp right to to say this right now back in april would i have told you the same thing i don't know i might have i might have told you if the options are jack campbell manual forest they would have said we'll trade back and then maybe you get uh one of these guys but right now here as we stand today if i had the opportunity to trade jack campbell for Emmanuel manual i wouldn't do it i would keep Emmanuel manual so no they didn't make a mistake there second pick of the NFL draft for the commanders, Quan Martin, defensive back, the next linebacker off the board, Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. That's really interesting. And here, like here's where I would get a little bit tricky because with Emmanuel Forbes on the field, I'm not against moving Kendall Fuller inside. doesn't look like the team's going to do it, but I'm not against it. Benjamin St. Juice goes inside. Danny Johnson goes inside. You've got good Percy Butler can play inside. You've got a good depth, depth of defensive backs there. Now, I don't hate the pick of Quan Martin, and I love what I've seen so far. So that's kind of hard, but I think this is really kind of the hardest part for me. Quan Martin or Drew Sanders, that would be a sticking point. But let's move on real quick to the third pick of the draft. Offensive uh, center, center Ricky Schromberg out of Arkansas. The next linebacker draft was Ventrell Miller out of Florida. No, I wouldn't flip those. Why? Because the next pick for the commanders, Braden Daniels, offensive lineman, he was drafted before Ventrell Miller as well, or Ventrell Miller as well. So why would I give up my third round offensive lineman for a linebacker taken after my fourth round offensive lineman? Right. So the question really is, would you rather have Braden Daniels or Ventrell Miller? Fifth round, KJ Henry is the defensive end that gets taken. I, we talked about this going into it. I think that they needed to take a defensive end. So I obviously love that pick. And KJ Henry was a great uh, prospect to use that pick on. Noah Sewell was the next linebacker off the board out of Oregon. Chris Rodriguez, the running back, your sixth round pick. Amari Bernie out of Florida was the next linebacker off the board. And then Andre Jones in the seventh round. There were no off-ball linebackers drafted after Andre Jones. So if I had to pick selections to swap, I think it would be Braden Daniels for Ventrell Miller or KJ Henry for Noah, Noah Sewell. Now, unlike, you know, there's an unlikely usage for Braden Daniels here this season. Now, that's that's kind of the case for swapping Braden Daniels. This the case for swapping KJ Henry is you already have solid depth at defensive end. We saw when Chase Young went out that group really kind of stepped up uh, and did pretty well. Now you did lose a defensive end, uh, Shaka Tony to the whole gambling deal. So that's, you know, a little bit of an impact. And then you look at the contracts. That's, I think the thing that the commanders had to look at is the lack of contracted defensive ends in 2024. Having KJ Henry gives you a guy on contract. Obviously, if you keep Shaka Tony, he'll have a year left on his contract. You re-sign Montez sweater, Chase Young. Now you've got three defensive ends who have experience in Jack Del Rio's defense, and they're all secure for the next season. And then, for the offensive line, the injury bug, right? I think that has to be one of the reasons that the Washington Commanders went ahead uh, and went the direction they did. So I don't know if I would say that Washington made a mistake per se, because you can only address so many needs in the NFL draft. But of course, 
those are kind of some of the options. And there's still some free agents available, right? Zach Cunningham is still out there. Deion Jones, who had six tackles for loss last year, two and a half sacks, three passes defense for the Cleveland Browns, uh, is out there. Miles Jack had 104 tackles, which would have led the commanders in tackles. Three passes defense. He's still out there. And then, of course, Rashawn Evans, who we've talked about quite a bit, 159 tackles last year, six tackles for loss, two sacks, and four passes defensed. Uh, so, you know, we could, I don't think we're going to, but could still see them add there. Where do Washington linebackers rank according to ESPN? It's not going to surprise you where they rank, but an idea that stemmed from the fates of two 2020 first round picks involved this linebacker group, and that might surprise you. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wrap it up today's episode of Locked On Commanders. We have reached our rankings portion of the program. And not entirely surprised, but ESPN didn't have Jamin Davis or or Cody Barton on their top 10 off-ball linebacker rankings list. Uh, It wasn't just ESPN, though. This This ESPN ranking that we're talking about was a poll of NFL executives, coaches, and scouts. So these are people inside the league, inside the business that are not putting Davis or Barton on the ESPN's top 10. But again, it's top 10. You know what I mean? Uh, They didn't go to 32. PFF went to 32. They didn't have Jamin Davis or Cody Barton on there either. Uh, The 10 that did make the ESPN list, again, according to these NFL executives, coaches, and scouts, uh, first up was Fred Warner of the San Francisco 49ers. Roquan Smith of Baltimore was second, Tremaine Edmonds of the Chicago Bears, third, Matt Milano of the Buffalo Bills, fourth, Devin White of the Buccaneers, fifth, Demario Davis from New Orleans, sixth, Shaq Leonard from the Colts came in seventh, Nick Bolton from the Chiefs was eighth, C.J. Mosley from the Jets was ninth, and Drake Greenlaw from the 49ers uh, was tenth. But they did have some honorable mentions as well. Bobby Wagner from the Seahawks, Levante David from the Buccaneers, uh, Foyasade Oluokan from the Jacksonville Jaguars, Logan Wilson from the Bengals, and Patrick Queen. From the Baltimore Ravens and Patrick Queen is kind of the interesting part here because Bleacher Report recently ideated some trades that they say would shake up the NFL and one of them involved the Ravens trading Queen to the Washington Commanders and a fourth round pick next year. So a 2024 fourth round pick and linebacker Patrick Queen to the Washington Commanders for defensive end Chase Young. Now Patrick Queen was a first round pick in the same year that Chase Young was a first round pick. Neither team has had their fifth year option picked up uh, but Patrick Queen, off-ball linebacker. Chase Young, obviously, a defensive end. Not the first Chase Young trade idea we've heard or discussed here on the program, but it's interesting just because they did both have their fifth-year options decline. Bleacher Report said this of Queen, quote, the Ravens didn't pick up Patrick Queen's fifth-year option either. They did, however, hand Roquan Smith a five-year, $100 million contract after trading for him midseason. He's been productive. He had 117 combined tackles and five sacks in 2022, and he played in every game since he's been drafted. The commanders will get a steady presence at linebacker while the Ravens will get an edge rusher who could help take their defense to the next level. End quote. Now, of course, in order for this to happen, Washington, Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, they would basically have to already be to the to the realization that we're not going to bring Chase Young back. And I don't know that they're there yet. I think they're truly looking to give him the opportunity this season to show them that he should be a part of their long term plans. 
uh, but also let Montez Sweat show them that he should be part of their long-term plans. And this is something I know several Commanders fans have kind of talked about this on in the YouTube comments, on social media. Maybe Chase Young is a trade deadline move. You know what I mean? And honestly, even if the Commanders are doing well, but they feel like James Smith-Williams or K.J. Henry or somebody else is ready to step up and ready to fill that void if they do it, but they're having some struggles as a linebacker, maybe we see the Commanders pull off this trade uh, midseason. The Ravens will do it. You know what I mean? If, if, if you're not going to trade, if you're not going to sign Patrick Queen, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, which I don't know how you re-sign Patrick Queen, a former first-round draft pick who's had some steady production, had some presence uh, to a new contract when you just gave Roquan Smith $100 million. So to me, it seems very likely that Patrick Queen is going to become a free agent next offseason. If that's the case, send him somewhere else, get back uh, some 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 help this season to help Lamar Jackson. And, you know, uh, uh, Commanders fans would hate to see Chase Young go right up the, the highway or whatever and, and have success. But, you know, if it gets to the point where the Commanders feel like they're not going to move forward with Chase and the, the deal is on the board, you know, maybe take it. It's intriguing. I got to tell you, I don't hate it. I don't hate the idea. Uh, I just don't see it happening, especially before training camp or even during training camp. Uh, you know, but even if the trade doesn't happen next year, if the Washington Commanders are back in the same spot with the linebackers, with the off-ball linebackers, and need a new uh, Mike linebacker, maybe Patrick Queen is a free agent name uh, to keep an eye out. We've talked about this, right? They're going to have, or potentially could have, close to 100 million dollars in cap space if they play their cards right. So uh, maybe Patrick Queen's a name that we're we're going to be done talking about on this episode. We may not be done talking about in totality coming up tomorrow we've got another mailbag episode coming and again if you want to get questions in for that episode or for future episodes drop them in the youtube comments email them to lockedoncommanders at gmail.com hit me on twitter at dharrison82 or text me via subtext as always i want to thank you for making locked on commanders your first listen of the day every day and every day i want to thank you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do and remember you can continue this conversation by texting me at joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. If you have anything else watching commanders related that you want to know or discuss, make sure you follow me on Twitter at dharrison82. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs> If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.